Running sales, promotions, and discounts is something almost every store does. And there's no promotions app more advanced than bold discounts. It's the easiest way to set up and automate a sale without coupon codes. Think of bold discounts as your store's advanced sale engine. The amount of flexibility in this thing is wild. Listen to this. You can choose whether or not coupon codes are allowed during a sale. It supports smart deal stacking. Let's say you've got overlapping promotions. The app will automatically choose the best offer between the two. And I love that you can add custom HTML to products on sale. So this is great for easily and automatically adding wording to your products like clearance sale, all sales final, etc. They've even added new sales icons and countdown timers. So now if you're running a store-wide sale, you can add their countdown timer in your header, homepage, wherever you want. No coding needed. And that's just scratching the surface of stuff it could do. So if you're looking for a way to automate sophisticated sales in your Shopify store, maybe for flash sales or upcoming holidays, Bold Discounts will get you up and running within seconds. And as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their discounts app free for two months. To get this special offer, go to kurtelster.com slash bold, and you'll be able to install it from there. That's kurtelster.com slash bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. One of our most downloaded episodes last year was Ezra Firestone's Black Friday Marketing Blueprint, right? In it, he said he was going to make a million dollars that year. That's 2019. It wasn't an audacious goal either, though. Through years of work, he had already done $700,000 on Black Friday in 2018, with hundred grand of that being on Thanksgiving. I thought that was pretty cool. And so he's back today. Ezra, the master marketer behind Smart Marketer, Zipify Apps, and direct-to-consumer cosmetic brand Boom by Cindy Joseph has returned to tell us how 2019 went and how he's going to kill it in 2020. And if you have not heard Ezra before, let me tell you, he holds nothing back. He's, there's no, he's not like, all right, well, you know, you just go make the email. He's going to lay out the full strategy for us, I am sure. And he, on top of that, is a brilliant mind, all-around nice guy. I like him a lot. We just spent like 20 minutes shooting the breeze, chopping it up uh, before the show. And I've talked to him enough times to know if you suspect, like, I don't know about this guy. Maybe he's not authentic. Maybe he's fake. No, 100% Ezra is the real deal. What you get here, this is him. Ezra, welcome. Thank you for coming back. Woo! Who we here with Tech Nasty, the Shopify kid, <laughs> Kurt Elster, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, man. I'm sure. Did you income. refer to me as Tech Nasty? Tech nasty. Dude, you're always getting crazy technical. You're out here. You got new stream decks. You got the road, this and that. You're doing sound effects. And every time I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. I like, I keep, I like my gadgets. That's really what's going on. I like my gadgets and I have a spending problem. So yeah, here we go. It's a lot go. of fun, man. 
It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, 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 um, I duplicated your audio setup um, a couple of years back, and it's been been great. So thanks. What's really um, cool is you were my inspiration, and then you're like, hey, how do I? Uh, what what mic is that? What uh, what uh, processor <laughs> yeah. channel strip? Good. So it's, it's good cool. stuff. Well, well, hey, rising tides raise all ships. It's nice to be able to help help out friends in the industry and you know um, see people and you like what they're doing and get to know them and actually like them and collaborate. And I feel like that's been our relationship. I feel like the the time where we, I, maybe we had met before this, but I really remember being like, man, I like this dude at um, Shopify Unite 2018. And I know we had crossed paths. I know we had done stuff, but like that was like, we got to like have lunch or something or hang a little bit in a different way at that event yes yeah i think that was the first time uh no yeah 100 percent. that was the first time we we met in person and you're so so distinct that like from a hundred yards away or yeah a hundred feet away i was like that i'm like that i know that's ezra and like it was from the back i'm like that's him that's the guy Um, but listen you know um I love talking about Black Friday strategy. I mean, just to dump it, I know we're, hey, we could, we, we, we were broing down for 45 minutes before this call. We got on 345. So, so it was, it was a long time, but um, I know that our listeners, thank you for being here. Listeners, uh, we do this show or I'm happy to be on Kurt's show. And in order to do my best to share with you what's working in my e-commerce business and give you as much value as I can, value as I can, um, Black Friday is one of my favorite things to talk about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, because Q4 in e-commerce is like, for at least a, a good portion of brands, the quarter. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's where it all goes down. You kind of build your audiences all year long. In well, that's order why to we call it Black Friday, right? It's get when, back into the black. Yes. You, you're yeah. counting when you went from red to black in your, your yeah. books. Well, let's hope that didn't happen for you because that, if, if, if you're just going into the black because of the Black Friday sale, we got, we got problems and we got to talk about in another episode where we go deeper. But um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a big event for us. And last year we did have this like super big goal of, hey, we want to do a million dollars over the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, which is, which for us includes Thanksgiving, Black Friday, you know, Small Business Saturday. I don't know if that's actually Small Business Saturday. Um, super Sunday. I don't know if it's Super Sunday. And then <laughs> Cyber Monday. names for it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I celebrate we, Sleazy Sunday and then Sleazy, Cyber Monday. <laughs> Cyber Monday, Sleazy Sunday. Um, you know, we did, we achieved that goal. We hit, we did one point. One six million, one million one hundred sixty-three thousand three hundred forty-seven dollars ninety-six cents between just Black Friday through we didn't do Thanksgiving last year through Cyber Monday with with uh, five hundred seventy-one thousand on Black Friday. And if you have not heard last year's episode, I walked you through the actual like step by step strategy of exactly what I was going to do to achieve that, and it worked. And so, and by the way, this year's strategy is similar. It's a little different COVID and there's some other things we're mixing in, but like it's quite similar. So, so if you're interested, you can go back to that episode where we got super granular on the strategy. I'm sure we'll talk about it here too, but, but we did well and it was great and we're happy. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes for this one. So people could find it quickly. Sweet. Uh, so 2019, you laid out an amazing plan for us. However, a certain pandemic occurred in between then and now. So one of the, the wild card question is, is 2020 different? How is it different? And then what do we do differently as marketers? Like what's going on here? What's your take on this? um, The brands that market during a recession or downturn or pandemic, which by, I mean, pandemic, yes, but has not, we have not seen an e-commerce downturn. We've seen an e-commerce uptick as I'm sure you've talked about on several episodes. E-commerce boom. 
Hey, <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever see this again in our life, frankly, this kind of growth rate on e-commerce that we saw with COVID. And we are having the best year ever that we've ever had. We're over 50% up over last year's revenue. When Whoa. COVID hit though, yeah, so we're, we're crushing it and we're, we're getting the best return on ad spend. We're the best we've ever done from a paid marketing and we're a paid marketing company. We're a direct-to-consumer paid amplification-based company doing the best we've ever done. And we had some struggle. Like the way COVID hit us was it shut down our supply chain that shut down our fulfillment centers. And we almost ran out of product because we didn't have enough on hand. And so we we saw some inefficiencies in our supply chain where, hey, you know, we only have one supplier for each product. Hey, you know, we only care two, two, two to three months of each product on hand. Um, so we we learned about some inefficiencies in our operating that we had to shore up over March and April and in a little bit to May when things were the most hectic. But since middle of May, everything's been smooth. Our All of our supply chain's been back online and we've been going heavy um, in the advertising market. And literally only last week, like usually we expect some seasonality in the ads market and we expect like some... Um, we expect like there to be some algorithm updates and it to get hard and all year long from January straight through COVID all the way into like almost last week, we basically were having the best numbers ever. And only in the last two weeks have we started to struggle and see that Q4, end of Q3, Q4 seasonality, the election year coming in, which people claim doesn't have an effect on the ad market. That's not been my experience in every election year. Some of these other elements. So now we're really starting to see a little bit higher cost per thousand impressions, a little bit higher cost per click, a little bit more banner blindness. Like it's been a little harder and you expect that in Q4. So that's kind of like where things are this year. But even with all the drama and all the madness, we're having our best year ever. And I can talk to you about the strategies behind that, but I think we're here to talk about holiday, but just on a high level, man, we're at like, I don't know, 22 million for the year already, which is more more than we did last year altogether. So do your hands hurt from counting all that money? Uh, hey man, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's been a very profitable year and it's wonderful. Um, and, uh, you know that like top line numbers don't mean anything. It's all about yes. EBITDA, seller discretionary earnings, what you bring home. And we do very well in that department. Um, but, uh, well, and I think we the also- other, when you hear those like huge sums, it's easy to go like, Oh wow, that guy's rolling in dough. And the reality is like many, many tech CEOs probably would, would say they view themselves as, um, one of our mutual friends told me this line recently, and I thought it was funny. He said, "I'm an, an um, I'm an asset rich, cash poor tech CEO." Was yeah. how he described I, himself. I, I like, don't yeah. have that issue because I have I have a whole mini series where I talk about money and and the reason that most businesses go out of business is mismanagement of finances and how you should shoot to have at least two years of your living expenses in a bank account, i.e., what you spend on your, um, you know, your your life, what you get after taxes that you pay for food and insurance and you know, rent and entertainment and kids and all that in case you get sick. Like I have a whole viewpoint on money. So I am, I do. Oh, where have do I didn't money. know this. Where do I find this series? Cause uh, I want to put it in the show. We notes. can link to it, but it really is like everything I learned from literally starting poor, starting from nothing, building up to, you know, no, no um, investment capital, doing it all myself with a full-time job to now, like my brands will bring in over 35 million this year. I got a hundred team members. I'm literally just some guy. I'm not like any, you can do this. <laughs> but I'd made every mistake. I didn't pay the taxes. I didn't pay the quarterlies. I didn't understand. Oh, I um, made that mistake early on. You know, that one's not fun. Yeah, I did, it's not. And you don't know it if you don't have anyone coaching you right. along the way. And when I got started, it was 15 years ago and there just wasn't this information available like there is today for business owners. And so I made all these mistakes. Um, and yeah, over time I have, uh, I've acquired a lot of money, which is wonderful, but I'm using it in good ways. Um, so 
Anyways, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, now. no, no shame there. Um, okay, so with tw- uh, you ran through kind of what what 2020 had done for you or done to you, and the the outcome was it, it made you look at your your uh, production and fulfillment processes in a different way, or your, your supply chain rather. And it was interesting you know, the way you phrased it. I talked to uh, a guy who is a who manufactures in the automotive industry this morning. And he had a similar high level view, and he said it, it really fundamentally is going to change the industry. And ultimately, what happened was, you know, when like we were ramping up to uh, do all our manufacturing for the rest of the year in Q1 in March, we ended up effectively losing like four to six weeks of manufacturing time. And that kind of ended up being true. I would imagine that assessment is true across many industries where it like functionally looks like, hey, you just lost six, six weeks of manufacturing time just went out the window. But then you couple that with an e-commerce boom. And now suddenly, okay, you've got a glut in um, the supply chain and inventory where nobody can get anything. But it sounds like you you sorted it out and came out better because of it for for Black Friday. What does, how does, how does 2020 change things? Okay. Let's talk a little bit about just the structure of our, of, of our thesis on Black Friday. I'm a guy who has literally run a Black Friday Cyber Monday sale for my own direct-to-consumer e-commerce retailer every year dating back to 2007. And I split test and I analyze and I, I am a, have a data science background, you know, mediocre. I'm not the best data scientist in the world, but I learned the skill of data science and now I have a data scientist on the team, but like I'm into optimization at every level. And so at a high level, the strategy is obviously you're building up um, audiences all year round, right? Because you're, you know, going out and acquiring customers and then hopefully you are, you know, using content to keep those folks engaged and amplifying content to those folks so that they're seeing your stuff in between the time you're running sale events and all the good, you know, social uh, content marketing stuff we know to do as business, uh, as e-commerce business owners who have brands that tell stories. For Black Friday, Cyber Monday, what we do is we spend at least two weeks before the sale event building up an early bird list, building up anticipation, building up buzz for a coming launch. Because what we found was that when we just launched a sale, it worked way less well than when we spent several weeks getting people excited about this sale event, telling them it's coming, telling them what's going to be on sale, because just seeing that and getting the opportunity to raise their hand and say, I'm interested and seeing the paraphernalia, it wasn't that much extra in spend to get that message out in front of them, to send emails to our list, to put out content that's saying, this is the stuff that's going on sale. Here's how you use it. This is why we're excited. All that literally doubled the value of our sale events because it's like, it's the reason why Apple does these events. It's the reason why Facebook does these events, because when you, when you, when you do the work to promote that something an experience is going to happen and then you give people that experience, it just works better. So we made a big mistake last year, which was we promoted it as the biggest sale we've ever done. You know, the biggest sale of the year. And we only gave a 10% discount because we only ever give 10% discounts. And we, you know, we, and you can get 10% off via exit and 10 on our site. And we always run our sales at 10%. Like we just don't discount that heavy. We've never had a problem with this. Well, last year, I think just, you know, the fact that we promoted it as the biggest sale ever, the fact that we're now huge, we've been doing this for five years, we've got over a million customers, like there's just, it just, it flew until it didn't. And then last year we got this negative, this crazy, even though it was literally the best sale day of our life, Black Friday, $571,000 in sales, 
we got the just hundreds and hundreds of negative comments of like, you guys, I'm so disappointed. And this is a terrible discount and yada, yada, to the point where we had to like, anyone who bought it 10%, we did some quick stuff and we gave them an email that gave them 15, 25 more percent off. Like we had to basically do some damage control because we didn't give a big enough discount. So first thing is 15% this year, which is bigger than any discount we give all year round makes Black Friday, Cyber Monday extra special. So, so the discounting that we will offer, and we're going to do some other stuff, is going to be actually the biggest one you can get all year. Then to talk through the structure of what we do from there and feel free to jump in and stop me at any point, Kurt, but I'm just talking through our, our structure here is we email a lot more than you would think um, than anyone would. And we have these things that are called mini campaigns or rather than you, than you might do if you don't know about e-commerce email marketing and the heaviness with which you can promote a sale if you've done the work to build up good, um, you know, buyer, um, build good, good relationship with your buyers. So we do these mini events where it's like, Hey, we have black Friday. Then we have a couple days. Then we have cyber Monday. Then we have a couple days. Then we have this transition to kind of like, welcome to the hallway holidays. And then we have a couple days and then we have this transition to like, Hey, last chance to get, uh, to buy it with regular shipping or free shipping and get it in time for Christmas. And then we have sort of like the two day last chance for two day shipping. And then we have the last week of the year. Hey, last chance to shop in 2019 and save. We do a discount 24th to the 31st. So we have all these mini events, these peak days. On each of those peak days, we email three times, 7 a.m., 5 p.m., 10 p.m. And that significantly increases the impact of the closing of that particular peak. And I'm going to give you the peak structure for this campaign. So that's kind of like the email side of it is we have these sub campaigns and I'll tell you what they are this year. And it's basically sales content, deadline content, product description content, social proof content, and educational fun stories that relate to either people who are using the products or their life experiences. Um, and we mix all that up. Now, in addition to that, the strategy also includes advertising and the ads and emails and now SMS, because we got a big SMS list now, which we'll talk about in a second. All the ads, emails, and SMS, which are the three main ways we're communicating with our audience, go to a landing page, an interstitial landing page that we build in our landing page builder, Zipify pages. We're always testing it. And on that landing page, we're doing all kinds of conversion stuff. We're running split tests. We're doing, we're testing carousels versus one column on mobile versus two column on mobile versus featured bundle at the top versus et cetera, right? We're doing all kinds of stuff. That landing page then goes to individual product offer pages. And those individual product offer pages go then to the shopping cart where the user will see a pre-purchase upsell that then goes to checkout. If they accept or deny, they check out, they see a post-purchase upsell, a post-purchase downsell, then the thank you page. Now, if you visit and people may need to go back because it's when you're talking about this, and you're not seeing the assets. It's kind of hard if you don't have it all in your head. But if you visit the holiday interstitial offer page and don't buy, we trigger email flows, we trigger SMSs, we retarget you with ads, right? So that's all, all the direct response sales process stuff is happening during the communications of the emails and the ads, right? There's that kind of direct response sales process that's happening. All right, zooming out. Yeah, I have more, but we can zoom out. <laughs> more, oh my gosh. All right, to put it in perspective, how many total emails are we running here? I mean, probably 50 to 60 with, if you're not including the early bird opt warmups, probably 50 to 60 if you include remailing unopens, which we do. And I'll give you the actual email list from last year. I can give you a list of every email we sent last year, the whole structure of it, which you can put out to your audience. Wow. And I want to tell you about some of the high level things we're doing this year, Kurt, because I think it'll help with the, understanding the strategy. I just went real deep into tic-tac-y site stuff, but let me just zoom out and share with you that 
before every holiday, we do a really fun photo shoot where we shoot models and we shoot our products and we theme it. And so that all the ads and the landing pages and the emails and the images in the emails and the images in the SMS and our social grid, it's all themed. And every sub campaign has its own particular particular visual theme. And that really helps differentiate it and not just feel like a super long sale, but actually these individual events that feel different to the consumer. So you don't get banner blindness, you don't get tiredness. We invest in graphic design. And you don't need to do a photo shoot. You can have your designer create sub-themed campaigns. Um, and I want to say that you might think I mailed too much, but the sale on October, uh, December 24th, 4th to uh, December 31st, which is that last end, last end of the year sale. Everybody who gets that has seen every email up to that point. And we generated an extra 300,000 in that closing week from people who had seen all the way until then. But, um, but because of the scarcity of the sale was actually going away, decided to actually take an action. So, so it, it works better than you think. A couple other things we do from strategy at a high level if you buy once, we, we wait seven days and we put you on what's called a 2X buyer sequence. And it says, hey, uh, thank you so much for buying once. The first discount you got was 15%. We're going to give you an extra 5% off. So 20% and only three days to use this coupon if you want to buy a second product. Oh, by the way, here's the products you haven't bought. And we do five emails over two days with a deadline to try to get people to buy a second time who bought once during the sale. And we're able to convert between 10 and 15% of people to buy a second time who bought once with that discount ladder strategy. This year, and then you can ask me questions. This is my last zoom out. <laughs> this year, we are re-releasing during holiday to make it feel exciting. Instead of just saying Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, you know, welcome to the holidays, um, you know, um, uh, last chance to get shipping for free and get it in time for the holidays, last chance to get two-day shipping. Instead of just being sale, 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 and then some content interspersed, we are re-releasing a product that we launched, that went, that we sold we sold 14,000 units in three days. Sorry, 14,000 units in four days are the best product launch we'd ever done in history by like five X. Um, and it's our mascara. So we're re-releasing that as part of this. One of the transitions is going to be celebrating our 10 year anniversary. One of the transitions is going to be makeup tutorials of how to use our best products. So like we're, we've got swag this year, hats and sweatshirts. We'll use that. Um, so, so we're going to be kind of like, Yes, we're going to be having the sale the whole time. Yes, we're going to be doing content the whole time, but we're going to be featuring different things and it'll be just more dynamic than it was last year. Cool. And we are starting two weeks early. Early bird starts October 26th, runs to Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, we're doing early Black Friday and Silver Saturday because we're Silver Hair brand. Um, and then, so we're going to essentially, because of shipping and the chaos with all that, move our Black Friday sale up by two weeks. And then build up to that, build up to it, run it, close it, content, 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 then reopen again for actual Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So October 26th through November 13th, are we doing what is essentially a dry run of our Black Friday sale? Or is that We're the hype a campaign? full Black Friday sale. We're doing early bird. Okay. Build up the anticipation, release, it's available so that in case, you know, UPS, USPS, FedEx, DHL are as backed up as they are now. This is the gotten, fear. Yeah. You have to do, you have to move it back two weeks. I mean, I think my viewpoint is that when I look at, you know, what's happening with the carriers and my experience, cause we ship, you know, thousand packages a day. Uh, we don't feel safe just launching it on black Friday, cyber Monday and kind of hoping for the best. We want to take advantage of, we're essentially having a two month sale. We're starting early bird, October 26th. We are opening the sale on the 13th and the sale will be open the whole time. We'll do, 
you know, we won't be promoting it heavy the whole time, but we run an ads the whole time. We'll be sending emails every couple of days until the end of the year. It's a six week sale event. Usually it's a four week sale event, Black Friday through December 31st. So we've added two weeks. The, what would you say to, uh, I'm sure there's merchants listening to this and go and saying, that's too much promotion. That's too many emails. What would you say to that? Well, you know, maybe I'm in a spot where I put out three pieces of content a week at one of six categories, you know, makeup demonstrations, ambassador videos of brand ambassadors talking about their life and what they like about the brand articles that talk about the experience of being someone in my audience, what it's like to have go through menopause, what it's like to have under eye circles, what it's like to grow your hair out silver, uh, sustainability content about what we're doing for the earth. Like I am putting out so much content that if you're on my list, you can choose what you want. You're already getting three, maybe four emails, five emails a week. If you're getting unopened emails from me. So I'm, I am running a media company as well as an e-commerce brand. And it hasn't always been that way, but I have built up over the years. So, so I disagree. I've set the expectation. You're going to get a lot of email and see a lot of ads. You never, if you visit my brand and I think every brand should do this. There will never be a time you're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Google display network, where you will not see my ads. You'll see content. You'll see products. You'll see articles. You'll see, you will see, I will be trying to reach you at all times, page post engagement campaigns, just to get my posts in front of you. You're never going to not see me right. ever and again. You as the, the marketer, you as the, the co-founder, you should believe in your product and it should then in which case, if you believe in it, it should be your duty to try and sell it. You should view yeah. it as I'm doing the customer the favor of like trying to stay top of mind and reach out. Here's what I think you should do. If you're going to, if you don't want to go hammed on data the way I am, or you have not set that expectation with your customers, choose your peak days. Hey, black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, the, at the very least green Monday, which is the last Monday, usually December 12th that you can get shipping up to, you know, you can buy it with normal shipping and get it by, um, December 24th. And, um, also I would do like a, a shipping cutoff and a deadline threshold, like a, a deadline's going to go away or sorry, um, discounts going to go away and you should mail twice a day on each of those days at a minimum, do that. And you'll make far more money than if you didn't. Pick your peak days, mail twice a day, run ads to people who are in your warm audiences, retarget the people who don't visit your sales page. How hard is it to build an automation that says, hey, thanks for buying once. If you buy again, I'll give you a bigger discount. You got three days to use it. Do that too. Like there's some little things you can do that will swing the big, big doors. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. Dot com. Talk to him. So yeah, last year you talked about you did a, a follow-up email automation where 
anyone who purchased then got another an email that said, hey, thanks for your purchase. Uh, if you'd like to make a second, here is a, a discount or code for that. And then it expires in you know, 40, 72 hours. Yeah, it's a five email sequence over three days. Whoa. Two emails, one. Yeah, two emails day one, one email, two emails day three. So two, one, two. And it's like, hey, get this bigger discount. Hey, this bigger discount's going away. Hey, last day to use it. And it tells you all the good stuff you get. And the, th- the, the theme through all of this is, you said is hype, but also the thing we're hearing is creating urgency. You're, everything is time boxed, where it's like, okay, here's the offer. It's going to expire. And then, every, you know, let's say we're sending five emails. Well, four or five are reminding them that it's going to expire. Yeah, I mean, look, but I'm also mixing in so much story and so much content and so many articles. Like, I'll send you the 2019. You'll, you'll be able to look at the actual emails we sent. But yeah, it's like announcing the sale and then saying last chance for Black Friday, announcing Cyber Monday, last chance for Cyber Monday, content, content, content. Hey, welcome to the holidays. Hey, last chance to get it in times for... So we're, we're mixing in deadlines and urgency, but we're not stuffing it down your throat. But it's definitely present. All right. Well, so we mix the content. It's not just a pure promo email. It's the content that they're already used to with so a holiday spin on it. some emails are straight promo, but some of them are straight content with PSs about the sale event. Which okay. when, you look at the, when you look at the email, I'll even pull it up here. I'll pull up the, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to this. And you get to see every email, what subsection of the list it went to, what was in it, what was the point of it. And it's a good mix between content, sales, product descriptors, social proof, deadlines and urgencies, you know, that kind of stuff. Do you, you had mentioned remailing where you, so you resend an email to someone who did not open or click. Is that, talk to me about that. Is it to me, I used, I did it in years past, but it feels like a risky proposition just because so many email clients now, um, we can't see if they opened it because they, they default to not loading images. Yeah. Um, we don't do it as much as we used to, but we still do it. And it's, it does work really well. Keep in mind, we're mailing sub segments. We're mailing the early bird list separate from the main list. And we do these things where if you haven't engaged or clicked in 120 days, we put you on a sunset flow that says, Hey, we're going to kick you out of here. If you don't engage or click and we get them to re-engage or we scrub our list we're, we are doing all kinds of list cleaning stuff all the time, um, to keep our keep our, you know, we use email on acid to check every email before it goes out to make sure it's not clipping, to make sure it's not going to get marked as spam, to make sure it's going to get inbox. Like we do a lot to reach the inbox. Um, and we have not found a negative from remailing on opens. In fact, we've only found that it helps. Um, and we don't do it with every email, but we probably do it with at least one email a week. So if we send three, every third email, if it's important enough, we remail the unopens with a different subject line and it just helps. Email on acid was the name of the tool. Yeah, it's kind of like Litmus. It basically allows you to load, uh, send it a preview email and it'll tell you, it'll show it to you in every phone, every browser. It'll show it to you whether or not it's going to get clipped. It'll show you, it'll tell you whether or not you're likely to reach the inbox, what you got to change. Like it's phenomenal. It's it's interesting you bring that tool up because I use Litmus. I started using Litmus uh, this, this year. This is better. And so I'll check this one out. But really like I was so wrong on I had my subject lines too long and my pre my quick previews too short. And I did not realize it really until yeah. I started using one of these preview tools. They're so good. And that makes a big, di- it's, it's going to make a big difference on your open rate. Yeah. And you should be going ham on ads. You should really be running ads heavy and you know, black Friday, cyber Monday timeframe doesn't tend to be a customer acquisition timeframe unless you're, um, 
a gifting company, it's mostly about monetizing the, your warm audiences, right? Exactly. And so you got to re- remember that. Well, and this year too, a lot of stores aren't going to be open on Black Friday. Well, you better believe they're mm-hmm. going to be driving that traffic to their website. And if they're doing that, how are they going to do it? Well, with, with PPC ads. So suddenly it was never a good idea to try and acquire traffic, cold traffic, for the holidays and expect that to convert. But now more than ever, that's an exceptionally bad idea. So remarketing to those those warm audiences uh, is going to be a gold mine. So you need to be, as part of that hype, as part of that early bird strategy, you're also stacking um, your your remarketing audiences, I would imagine. Yeah, and let me give you some, exactly. And, I, and so what we do is we kind of cut our top line awareness budgets. We don't turn them off. We kind of cut them in half during the holiday season. Um, and we focus on, you know, website visitors, email subscribers, past buyers, people who've engaged with our Instagram page, Facebook page, or YouTube page. And we also run to um, people who've watched our videos on social, right? If you've, you know, video view audiences, right? Because we're only running video ads. So we get millions of people who watch our videos, but maybe don't click to the site. Um, And then we also do lookalikes of those folks and run to them as well, but at lower budgets. That is cold audiences. And you had mentioned along with the ads, you also do SMS. Talk to me a little bit about the the SMS strategy here. Well, uh, thanks for bringing it up, Kurt. I've got a new SMS app launching that I told oh. you about. Uh, it's called Connect, K-I-N-N-E-K-T, like kin, we're family, we connect. And then it's got the play on words of, of connection and, and like connect, but it's connect. Um, and it's a really wonderful application that allows you to do um, behaviorally dynamic communication via SMS, where you can do, you know, your standard card abandonment, your standard standard dynamic post-purchase upsell, cross-sell, where it's like, hey, you bought X, but not Y, here's Y at a discount. Um, it allows you to, you know, chat with your customers when they type in, when you SMS them, you can have, you can respond to them in there. Um, it allows you to broadcast your customers uh, via SMS, allows you to put pop-ups on your site where someone comes. And a pop-up happens and it's like, hey, do you want to get a discount? Press this button and we'll text you our discount. And they press the button and it opens up their iMessage. They text us. We reply with the discount. Now they're subscribed. It does a lot of really fun direct response marketing stuff that um, is really cool that I don't have time to go into. But we're using that and it's it's a very prominent revenue channel for us. And also we found that surprisingly, our customers are very willing. 65% of our customers are willing to engage with us via SMS. So we're really excited on the post-purchase survey. We say, Hey, you know, we send out a survey post-purchase that really, that really pokes holes in the idea. Like, well, SMS is annoying and only brands for teenagers use SMS. Clearly not the case. These are, these are women who are in their fifties and uh, it's just becoming more palatable, I guess, to text people. But, but it's really, I'm, I'm really loving what's available there um, and what you can do there as an e-com brand. And you'd be super surprised how many people are willing to have their customer support conversation in text, how handy it is for customers to be able to do a refund or ask a question just right from their iMessage. Like people like it and how effective it is at what I call last mile e-commerce. Hey, uh, you abandoned the shopping cart. Hey, you're on the product page. Get a discount right now by clicking this button to text us and we'll text it back. Hey, you bought this, but you didn't buy this, buy this other thing. You know, hey, I've got a problem with my order. I'm messaging you guys because you texted me. Like it is, people are loving it and it's way more than I would have expected, which is why I built this app. Um, so that's kind of the ways we're using it. And and I, I'm happy to give uh, unofficial Shopify podcasters beta access if they're interested. Um, no pressure. I'm not here to promote my stuff. How do they get a hold of you for that if they want the beta? 
Uh, you can email me, um, Ezra at smartmarketer.com um, or help at help at zipify.com. Um, H-E-L-P at zipify.com. Hey, I heard, heard that Ezra offered me a beta on Kurt's podcast. I want to get access to it and um, we will make it happen. Sweet. I got the scoop. Cool. Tell me about segmentation that came up several times. You're like, yeah, we said 50, 60 emails that they're highly targeted. They're segmented or same with when you were doing um, uh, resending on emails, on resending on open emails. Talk to me about that segmentation strategy. So the first and last email of the opening campaign and closing campaigns, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the end of the holiday, that goes to our whole list. And our whole list is anybody who is been taken, who's not, who's not in the 120 days unengaged. Like we have this 100, sorry, 120 days engaged. You have to have opened or clicked in the last 120 days, or we mark you as unengaged, right? If you haven't opened or clicked in the last 120 days, we basically don't ever email you except for like once or twice a month because you're unengaged and you're bringing our metrics down and um, you're going to make it harder for us to get delivered to the inbox. But on big sale events, to open and close them, we mail to the full list, which is everybody who's the 120, 120 day engaged um, and everybody who's on the unengaged but not suppressed list. Because we got like 200,000 people who are unengaged but not suppressed, i.e. they didn't unsubscribe, but they haven't engaged in 120 days. Those people were running ads to... We've got an automation going to them. We're trying to get them to re-engage, but we still mail to them on our big sales and it does work. We, they, they do respond to sale events. Hmm. So, so some people just only ever want to know when you have a sale and want the rest of your stuff. Uh. Um, we email our early bird list separate than the rest of the list because they showed interest and we're communicating them a little differently. Included in the 120 days engaged is anybody who's actively browsed on the site, right? Maybe they didn't engage with email, but they were browsing the site. We're tracking that metric and they're included. So if they're on our email list and they haven't engaged with an email in 120 days, but they have browsed the site, uh, we're including them. Um, and yeah, that's kind of those kind of main segmentation portions. And we have a, a, a course where we teach how to determine if it should be 75 days, 90 days, 120 days for your brand, how to look at the metrics in, in Klaviyo and say, hey, this is where people are falling off. Start the sunset flow automation here because this is where the biggest drop is happening. So we show you how to run all that. Oh, what's data. the name of that course? I'll link to it. It's called Smart Email Marketing 2.0. And uh, it's on sale <laughs> right now. It's a discount. And uh, I've got a free mini course that teaches a little bit about that. But um, but oh. yeah, there's a lot you can do with email. We're getting pretty granular here. I think too granular for most people. Oh, no. All right. So talk no? to me about merchandising. You said you're doing a product launch during your holiday promos. Is yeah. that... Uh, an exclusive, like, Hey, it's going to sell out. It's only available during the holidays. So what's the, found, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. We've found that product launches work and you should be aiming to launch between one and four products a year as a brand, because once someone buys one thing from you, they are willing to buy other stuff from you and it helps you um, grow your bottom line. It helps you increase that repeat business rate. And one of the questions we ask in our post-purchase survey is like, what other products do you want us to make? Um, so we get every customer telling us that. And, uh, and we always open and close. So, that, so we open, we sell through, and then we go out of stock for a month and we make sure we time it and that we buy it. We know how much we sell during an open and close period. So we actually do run out. So it's authentic. Um, and then we go and restock. And so we find back in stock emails work really well. Um, hey, we're back. This thing, you know, we launched it, it went out of stock and now we're back. And also 
reformulations, modification to packaging and special kits. Those are ways to make the products that you have now sexy. So, hey, we reformulated this product and made it better based on feedback you gave us. Hey, we changed the packaging to make it biodegradable. Hey, we bundled these two products together in a special kit and now there's a discount on that. We're doing all those things this holiday sale. We've got a reformulation. We've got a new packaging launch. We've got a product that was out of stock coming back and we've got a special bundle that we don't have any other time of the year that we have this year. So we have all four of those elements. Love this concept. I love this idea. I think it is such a missed opportunity for most merchants, especially for folks who have a consumable good. But if you can, if you could come up with any reason to say for the customer to go, oh, all right, great. I could rebuy this thing I already love. Absolutely do it. And that's what you're able to do. And you're like, okay, uh, here's two, 2.0, a bundle reformulation, uh, you know, pumpkin spice edition, whatever. If your products are staying static, you're not doing a good job. I think I find out from my, I mean, especially if you're in lotions and potions, which is what I'm in. Um, (laughs) Lotions and potions. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you hear feedback. Hey, this, I don't like the way this smells. Hey, this is too granularly. Hey, this packaging's not working for this reason. Like we're always iterating, making the products better and re-releasing them, fixing the packaging. I mean, some products stay static forever, but making the packaging better, making the formula better and releasing version 2.0. Some people just change fragrance, fragrances. That's Moise Ali at Native Deodorant. They just release a bunch of new fragrances all the time. Uh, smells for your armpits. Um, you know what I'm saying? And that's how they do it. I'm glad you defined it for me. And for people who <laughs> listen to the audio version, complete with the apply deodorant <laughs> motion. Fabulous. I would love to know, and I'm sure our listeners would as well, what does your tool stack look like? Merchants always want to know, man, what app are you, what apps are you using? So here I am logged in. So I have, of course, Zipify pages, landing page builder, product builder, homepage builder, forward slash products, editor, blog builder for Shopify that I'm using for my blog, my homepage, my Shopify product pages, my holiday interstitial pages, my pre-sale pages. I, of course, have one click upsell by Zipify, which is a pre-purchase and post-purchase one click upsell application that allows you to do a lot of average order value maximization. We're going native to Shopify in about 30 to 60 days. Oh, damn. Um, I got Zendesk. I got Zapier. I got stamped.io. I got Rewind. I got Privy. I got Postpilots. I got Metafields Editor. I got Clavio. I got Connect SMS app by Zipify. I had Just Uno. I got rid of it. I had Glue.io. I got rid of it. I had the free <laughs> shipping bar. I got rid of it. I got Fraud Filter. I got Flexify Facebook product feed. I got a countdown timer. Got rid of that. I got the bulk discount code generator, uh, which I use for a bunch of fun things. I got um, a fulfillment application that I that talks to my fulfillment network that I built. I got Avalara uh, sales tax. I got AirCall, which connects to Zendesk for phone. And I got bold custom pricing wholesale. Wow. That's, you literally just rattled off every single app in that store, didn't you? Yeah, every, every app we're using. I'm, I'm adding that to the show notes. Every single app in Ezra's store. How exciting is that? I mean, it's that? not a lot, right? It's not, it's not a lot because Zipify Pages does so much. One Click Upsell does so much. Privy does so much. Clavio does so much. You know, it's like there's, 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 there's a lot of apps in there that are, that are doing a lot, you know? Uh, all right, talk to me uh, about timing. I heard you mention, hey, we're doing, like, when we do a mini campaign and we do the 3X emails on the big days, it's like 7 a.m., 10 a.m., 5 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we do when we email three times, like the open to black Friday, the close, you know, the open and close to cyber Monday. Um, but mainly we're, we're mailing, you know, seven fifteen AM local time. We find that works the best for us. And then 
for most emails go out at between 7.15 and 9 local time. And then uh, when we're emailing twice and three times in a day, it's 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. local time. Okay. And then you uh, use the option to try and localize it to the, the customer. Well, Clavio allows you to do that. Yeah. Right? It gives you a little setting that says, hey, you know, localize this to um, that person's area. We have answered all of my questions. If I'm a merchant and I have to do just one thing or make just one change to my marketing plan, what is it? What is like the, the core critical key piece people shouldn't uh, well, You got to use Zipify Pages, one click upsell and connect app. And then aside from that. <laughs> after that. After that. Um, listen, here's what I see people not doing. I see people not promoting hard enough. They're not spending enough on ads. Listen, if your frequency on a sale day is not a five to eight, meaning each individual person in your warm audience didn't see your ad on social five to eight times, your budgets weren't high enough. I'm sorry. You know, you must be willing to smash because everybody else is smashing at that time too. And it's like you built up all this goodwill. You have really wonderful products and then you just don't go out and sound the alarm bells aloud enough. So, so email more, email three times a day on the open and close of your sale events, spend double what you think you should spend on ads and, um, make sure that you have, um, deadlines, social proof, um, product educational content and, you know, good design. I mean, it's like, it's really not that difficult, you know? Uh, yes, I think it really, it's just, it's hard and daunting, when you look at everything all at once for the first time, after you do the one, I just rattled off what we're doing to four months of work for 10 people to achieve all the stuff I said, but I used to do it all by myself when I didn't have a team and it was just smaller scale. And the other thing is people are not optimizing their offer pages well enough. You know, this Kurt. Oh, you're, for you're, sure. That was actually, that's like, what we should close on is walk me through what a good landing page looks like. What should I be doing? You know, I'm, if I'm sending 50 to 60 emails, they got to go somewhere. What does that page look like? I mean, it depends a lot on the price point and the number of products, but let me give you a couple, just a couple things, which is, Hey, you know, anywhere between 50 and 75% of your traffic is going to be on a mobile, mobile phone, anywhere between uh, 10 and 30% of your traffic is going to be on a tablet and anywhere between, you know, 10 and 30% of your traffic is going to be on a desktop. So you must really be optimizing for those three platforms. And if you have not actually built three separate pages that work differently or a page that really works for each of those, and you're not serving up images that are the right size for mobile so that they load quickly and you're not, and your iPad doesn't look all wonky because it's just a squish version of your desktop. And you have to really think about that. And what we're finding is that um, sticky CTAs work really well, right? A CTA that's at the top that stays with you as you scroll, not so much for a multi-product sales page, but a single item sales page where it's an individual item. If you're doing a single item offer, uh, we're finding that, you know, if you have multiple products, two columns of products on mobile instead of one works better. Uh, we're finding that on, <clears throat> on tablet, a carousel of products outperforms two columns of products. We're finding on desktop, if you got multiple products, four items across outperforms two or three or a carousel. Um, you know, you definitely want to mix in uh, videos in your collection pages, videos that are customer testimonials or gifts of the product. So it's not just product, product, checkout product, but it's also like video content they can consume because- That right there, that is such a, uh, a major key. So we have a couple clients that have let us do this where we built a custom collection template to support it. 
where it's like, all right, it goes, you know, normally collection grid would be like 16 products. So we do like product one, two, three, then the fourth slot instead of a product is a video. And we just did this for a sutra, um, which uh, Venus Williams is the chief brand officer. So for them, it's like make, you know, uh, product, product, Venus Williams telling you why this product is great, then the product. Of, if I have an asset like that, how am I not going to put it on every single page I can, right? And so you're already using video on your homepage, you're using it in your ads, maybe you're using it your product page. Why is it not on the collection page too? And make it part of the grid. I, that's such a, a missed opportunity for so many people. I agree. Yeah, I think you can do a lot with your collection pages. And, you know, go look at Zipify. All we do is optimize landing pages and see some of the stuff we're teaching over there. We give you all kinds of stuff to do between, you know, we have, we have what we call a... Uh, um, I coined the term uh, conversion asset stacking. So my theory is that like your page is literally just a combination of conversion assets that are stacked together in a particular way to achieve a result for you, which is a conversion and a result for your customer, which is a solution to their problem. And a conversion asset is a video, an image, a piece of text, a unique selling proposition in image format, um, a product pay, a long form copy. It's like all these assets. And I go through all the assets, live chat. I, I lay out all the different conversion assets and then you stack those together to create an offer page that has, you know, FAQ and all kinds of stuff that like people are looking for that, that you can put together in a particular way to increase your conversion. And the more conversion assets you have generally, the better you convert because people are then able to find what resonates with them. Um, and I give like little formulas for how to write sales copy and stuff. But um, I think that's one of the, one of the, the core advantages of, of Zipify as a page builder um, especially over other options, is that it's opinionated. It is like this is Team Ezra's idea of this is what this is what will be successful, and it's based on actual experience. Yeah, and you can freeform build in it, sure, but you also can work off our templates. And I, I really am not just trying to ram, you know, talk about Zipify all crazy, but I'm just saying if you're well, interested you're proud in of it, why shouldn't you? I am proud of it, but my main point is if you're interested in the subject matter, I have more content on it over there that you can check out. And then, hey, check out the tool if you like that too. That would be wonderful for me, but you know, also no pressure if you're using something else. Okay. Uh, any, I mean, there is just a, a ton of value packed into this. Anything I've missed? Um, you know, I think the, the chaos of Q4 gets to people. And it's like, you got to also remember at this time of year to like, take it easy on yourself as the CEO. If you're the CEO of the brand, I'm assuming a lot of owner founders listen to this. Make sure that you're breathing, make sure that you're moving your body, make sure that you're eating well, make sure you're getting enough rest, make sure that you're setting container around your, your work life so that it's not just bleeding into every part of your life and you're ignoring your personal relationships and you're ignoring how you feel in your body and you're ignoring your hobbies. And like, it's easy to get wrapped up in the chaos this time of year and then come out of it super burnt out. And I see that happening to a lot of entrepreneurs and it's like, Hey, you know, go, go easy on yourself and have a good time through this. And remember that you're doing this yes to make money, but also to enjoy yourself, you know? Um, and so if you can avoid it, try not to work 12 hour days, four weeks in a row for the next, you know, until the holidays. A hundred percent. Now more than ever in 2020, self-care is so important. It's, it's often overlooked and you know, that, the unfortunate like hustle and grind mentality that you see promoted on Instagram thinks that for some reason, like getting eight hours of sleep is a bad thing. I beg to differ. Um, and I have always appreciated that your content has a, uh, especially like on Instagram, you have such a clear focus on, uh, on wellness and, and self care. And I'll link to your, your Instagram as well, which I, I greatly enjoy. Um, 
Ezra, where could people go to learn more about you? You can go to at Ezra Firestone on Instagram. You can go to smartmarketer.com where I have courses and education. You go to zipify.com to check out my Shopify apps. Um, and yeah, you, I'm also on Facebook and YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you can Google me. I'm on there. Um, if you're on Facebook, you can search me. I'm on there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, but I don't go on there. I'm on Twitter. I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying to catch up to you on Twitter. I'm starting to learn about tweeting. I'm a video and audio guy, so I don't really 2020 tweet. Ezra yeah. with his multi-million dollar business is like, I just found out about, about Twitter. I'm trying to get on there. You're on there. You're on their hard body, dude. You're DTC Twitter all day. You're hashtag DTC Twitter. You're the Shopify ecosystem. You got the scoops on there. You're retweeting app companies. You're like in it. And I'm I trying am. To and I'm always like, I'm like, yeah, I did it. And then I'm like, why? Why am I putting the time into Twitter? Stop this madness. Twitter's good. I like Twitter. I it is good. And that's that's why I've I've not been able to get away from it. Whereas like LinkedIn, I'm like, this thing needs you, to Twitter has get burned interesting, out. Yeah. Twitter has interesting and valuable content. LinkedIn is just spam requests. Oh yeah. You know the trick to that, I I change first I, I disconnected from literally two thirds of people on LinkedIn, and then I said it, you have to know my email address to add me. And once nice. I did that, LinkedIn became much more tolerable. You have to know your email address. Yeah, it's a, it's like a privacy setting that's buried in there. Very clever. Yeah, it, and then that works. The only requests I get are from like actual people who I would want to connect with. And if you're out there and you don't have Kurt's email address, he doesn't want to connect with you. <laughs> Not on LinkedIn anyway. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. Or, you know, if you want my email address, you just have to sign up for my newsletter. Like, that's the hack to get in touch with me that the people who... Anyone who desperately wants to reach me does everything except that. Oh, well. Awesome. Uh, okay, Ezra, this has been phenomenally good. I love it. I think, I think you're, you're great and brilliant as always. Um, man, I don't, what, should we, what should we close on? Well, I think, uh, you know, love them, be enthusiastic, and break a leg. That's perfect. I, I hope everyone has their, their, their best Black Friday ever. Uh, Ezra threw a lot at you, but he's also been doing this a long time. So I, I think ultimately shoot for what makes sense to you. Don't get overwhelmed by it. Pick like yeah. a few things to try. I'm that some are new guy. Okay. Filter what I said through your own life experience and take what you like and leave what you don't just cause I'm doing this doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Hey, it's working for me. And I'm really loving the strategy that I've developed with my team over the years. And, and I'm happy if any of it works for you, but like, Take the parts you like, leave the parts you don't. That's just such a sane and sensible strategy that so many people overlook when exposed to like the fire hose of content produced by Shopify info marketers like myself. So yeah, for sure. Wonderful. All right, uh, Ezra, let's make sure everybody, uh, I think Ezra wants you to check out Zipify pages was what I got out of this. I, and connect. <laughs> I want you to check out my new SMS app too. And one click upsells going native. And you know, I've, I've made an effort, Kurt, to be more promotional of my apps. Cause usually I come on these shows and I really, I try not to like be that guy, but I also started thinking about it. Like, well, why not? You know, yeah, well, I, why that's, not? it's not like I'm paying you to be here. You got to get something out of it. Yeah, I just felt like why not? And then people can try it, and if they like it, sweet, you know. So thank you for thank you so much for letting me be that that level of promotional. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it, anybody else, I would have would have been hassling, but you, I uh, didn't think twice about it. So wonderful. Great. Uh, all right, now I got nothing. I really, I have completely <laughs> botched my own outro. Uh, huh. I hope you everyone has a great outro? Black Friday. Because I said I said I'm so promotional. You can just do it and say, and so we'll see you later. And perfect. We'll see you later.
If you've ever updated your Shopify theme, you know how time-consuming it can be, especially if you have to migrate customizations like app installs or language edits. Fortunately, there's a better way. The folks at Out of the Sandbox built a tool that makes updating your theme faster and significantly easier. It's called the Theme Updater app. With it, you can update your Out of the Sandbox or Pixel Union theme with the click of a button without losing any of your old settings, customizations, or app installations. You'll get email notifications whenever a new version of your theme is available, and with the Pro Plan option, you can enjoy access to priority theme support, retain custom language edits, and view template customizations to accelerate your theme updates. Start updating your theme today! Go to outofthesandbox.com unofficial to see the theme updater in action. And best of all, if you purchase Flex or Turbo using the code KURT20, you'll save 20% and get a year of access to the theme updater absolutely free. That's right. Save 20% and get one year of updates and upgrades for free. That's code KURT20 for 20% off Flex or Turbo and one year free of the Theme Updater app. Never miss out on another theme update again. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.